You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. The general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forrest. David, just when you thought it couldn't get any weirder in 2020, uh, you can look to the sky and, uh, man, I can't believe it. (laughs) It's a good thing we moved this show up to Wednesday this week because this might be our last day. So, who knows? How how does that, like, I, I guess we dealt with it a couple of years ago for like a Raiders Chargers game when we had bad fire, but like, how, I don't even know what the protocol is or how it worked. Like, how does this work where you, whether someone would have to decide if you're going to have a game or not? Yeah, it's, it's been a wild day. I mean, you wake up and it looks like it's the middle of the night. I had to turn the lights on in my backyard at 9 AM just to be able to see out there. Um, we had, we had clay wood here at 11 AM turn the lights on to make sure that they were actually going to take effect and, and allow us to play. Cause it was so dark. You didn't know what the field was going to look like. Um, you know, the nice thing, well, th- the good thing is that actually the air quality index is, is lower than it's been a lot of days that we've played at home over the last two weeks. It, it seems like what we're being told is that much of the smoke, while it's, it looks really bad. It's actually trapped above the, marine layer so it's not actually affecting us um though i will say a number of the astros players have sort of wondered what the heck is going on and if it's safe to to be out there because they've never seen anything like this and haven't dealt with the air quality issues that we have the last couple weeks so uh yeah it's just you know it's just another 2020 day as we say you know david when this thing's all said and done you're going to need a vacation (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to need a PhD in a lot of stuff, I think, is what I'm really going to need to figure everything out. But um, but here we are. I mean, we, you and I talked on Friday, and we've played six games since then, which is good because the previous six days we didn't really play any games. And, uh, and we've shaken most of the rust off, I think. Um, you know, would have liked to have come away with a sweep yesterday, but we'll take two out of three so far from the Astros. And we continue to, to go out there. Our guys push through whatever they wake up to, and we're playing ball. And the reality is you normally don't play somebody five times. I mean, we haven't seen it with the A's since 1996 and the Baltimore Orioles, and this is still a terrific offense. And just to think that, you know, the A's are going to steamroll the Astros for five games. I mean, the, the this Astro team still has a lot of pride and a lot of talent. Without a doubt. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point. Their pitching is banged up. And, um, you know, when they're starting Chase DeJong and Luis Garcia and, and not Verlander and some of these other guys, it, it's a different club. But um, but they're still running Springer and Bregman and Brantley uh, and those guys out there. And, and yeah, it's, it's a gauntlet for our pitchers. Uh, yeah, I mean, freaking Brantley. It's impossible to get that guy out. So, uh, no, our guys did a, a great job yesterday. Unfortunately, we let – the second game get away but uh it's that's a good team out there for sure and it hard to believe there's only 20 games left 
<laughs> it feels like it's going to be 20 in 10 days. So I, I know it's a few more than that, but uh, yeah, it's all it's all happening very fast, and, and a lot of talk about you know postseason procedures, and, and obviously we we need to get there first. But um, this is, I guess, it's September, and this is where you want to be. I mean, it's anybody's guess as to what it actually feels like, but. Um, you know, we've said from, from the beginning, from the time we got together in July, if we're, if we're going to do this and we're going to go through all this and, and our players are going to make the sacrifices that they are, you might as well go ahead and win along the way. So that's been nice. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm thinking about the postseason. We still don't have a, a for sure of how it's going to work, right? Like they've talked about, okay, the first round, you know, teams will host at their home ballpark. And then after that, maybe a bubble in Southern California and in Texas. Uh, has this been decided on? Is this for sure yet? Or do you not know? <laughs> no, you, you've got the same information I've got. Wow. Um, so yeah, our, our expectation is uh, like you said, that, that the wild card round, those three game series will be played at the home ballparks of the higher seeds. Um, and after that, uh, I know that the commissioner's office is negotiating actively with the players association on how how to host some sort of bubble i mean ultimately as important as the postseason is to to the teams that get there and to the industry as a whole uh mlb is going to do everything they possibly can to make it as safe as possible as as clean of an environment as possible and and um you know we've seen firsthand obviously what happens when you run into a, a positive test uh, and you don't have that kind of time in the postseason to just pull down five days worth of games and, and push back. It's just not possible. So I think they're going to do the best they can to, to try and avoid even, even the smallest of issues like that. Has baseball watched the NBA, the NHL, and now football? And is this where you think they go, you know what, the bubble really works and that's why we need it. We need to go to it. Without a doubt, NBA and NHL have, are things that, that the commissioner's office has looked into. They've been in touch with those leagues and trying to, you know, trying to pick out the best parts of their respective bubbles to apply them. It's, you know, it's obviously different. I mean, we, uh, we're not in a situation where you can put all the teams in one place uh, to play in the same ballpark the way the NBA has. I know the NHL split into two hub cities, and I think that's a little bit more like what MLB is talking about, but again, you've got, um, you know, you've got a lot of teams. Eventually, you got you can't, you know, wear out one ballpark. You got to think about weather because we're playing outdoors. I mean, there's, there's a lot of complications, even just for a, you know, potentially four week postseason. You know, the reality is, and I, and I'm not trying to get ahead of it. I just just some thoughts on um, after this first round, if it is going to be neutral sites. Does the seeding matter as much? It's, it's, yeah, hard to say. Um, I guess it depends on your opinion on, on home field advantage to begin with. Uh, I mean, we obviously historically have loved playing here. There's quirks about the field that, that we like. Obviously, the home crowd is significant. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure that the the mass adds up necessarily across the game on home field advantage. So, um, what is certain is that if we're playing the first round in home ballparks, then yeah, if you're one of those top four seeds, you're going to get a big advantage. And, and Bob has spoken to it in this 
specific season, how much more comfortable everybody just feels at home. You know the routines, you know where you're entering the ballpark, you know where the testing is, you know the places you can go when you're not supposed to be hanging out in the clubhouse, things like that. So it's just, it's a lot more comfortable at home, particularly in 2020. <laughs> After the first round, I'll be like, where do you feel more comfortable, David? Dodger Stadium or Petco Park? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, we're going to go where they tell us. Hopefully we keep winning and, and get to the postseason and, uh, and and line up that way. But we'll go where they tell us to go. How tough has this year been for you with A.J. Puck? Because there was some big expectations, but obviously uh, we're not going to see him in 2020. It's feeling that way. Yeah, AJ's going to go back and see uh, Dr. Elitrash tomorrow, um, and he was doing really well. He, uh, you know, he had the shot back at the end of, of camp, um, and it, it, he was on he was on track to the point where he'd had a couple outings already against hitters, um, and felt good during them. He just he wasn't bouncing back uh, the way he expected to and the way we needed him to. So, um, you know, I I talked to AJ along the way you know, as he was doing his rehab and, and he's obviously, he's been through a lot of that, uh, you know, all the way through his Tommy John rehab and he made it back and got to the big leagues last year in September and was hoping it was behind him. So uh, we'll see what Dr. Elitrash has to say tomorrow and, uh, and go from there. And let's go to a couple of your other guys. How's Matt Chapman doing? I think, I think Matt's shown a lot of positive signs the last two days. I, um, you know, I don't know for sure what his time frame is right now, but uh, this was something you know that he said was bothering him for a little while. He wanted to get it completely knocked out. Um, obviously, you know we all know how important it is to have him in the lineup and on the field every day. So, um, uh, you know, I think we're getting, like I said, getting some positive feedback from Matt, and, and hopeful that uh, it's not too much longer. Well, it's great to have Marcus Simeon back, and I just, you know, writing him back into the lineup has been fantastic. But uh, Stephen Piscotty's left wrist, is that going to be a day-to-day deal? It is, yeah. Um, he just, you know, obviously had a couple great at-bats the other night, a couple big hits with runners in scoring position, and, you know, it just was kind of nagging him. Similar, similar to what we've talked about with Matt, just something you want to get knocked out. Uh, and so that it's not not an issue the last two and a half, three weeks of the season and, and into whatever postseason there is. So um, hopefully you know, hopefully we get some anti-inflammatories in there and, and knock it out, give them a few days off, and, and it's not a factor for them. You know, one of the things that you guys as a, as a front office have done such a great job with is, is building depth. And I remember we were doing an interview at the Jack London office in, in our little closet there, and you brought up the name VML Machine, and the first thing I came to was, what? How am I going to pronounce this guy's name? And then now, <laughs> thinking what he's been able to do, uh, I mean, what he's stepping in defensively, getting some hits for you. Uh, how impressive have you been with that? Yeah, it's been it's been huge to have him, obviously, with Marcus down. Um, a guy who is really familiar with the position at shortstop. I mean, you know, obviously Chaps played there the, the second game of the doubleheader in Houston, and, and Chad Pinder has played there a little bit uh, coming up in the minor leagues. He obviously hasn't played there much in the big leagues because Marcus is there every day. Um, but Machine played there 50 games in the minor leagues last year. He's familiar with it. He handles all the plays. He's done a really nice job. Um, and we also knew, like, 
given some more regular at bats, you know, this guy's approach is going to play here. So he, he hit in some really bad luck early on, um, you know, with, with exit velos well above the major league average, just couldn't buy a break. Finally, finally got a hit, but you know, since he's played basically every day, every game that he started, he's either gotten on base, gotten a hit or, or both. And um, it's been nice to have some reliability in that spot while you're waiting for Marcus to take it back every day. You know, one thing that is just kind of all over the board when you ask the question, you know, some people like it, other people hate it. How do you feel about the seven inning double headers? Um, yeah, we're, we haven't been as successful in those as we have in extra innings. So my, uh, my personal bias is still for extra innings, but, um, yeah, that's a tough one. It, you know, it, it, I will say it would be hard to imagine this stretch of games, uh, starting yesterday, going through the Saturday doubleheader and the Monday doubleheader, if we were playing nine innings at a time, like that, that would be grueling and would have, frankly, have the chance to set us back significantly uh, beyond this week. So uh, you, you have to be grateful for that. Um, but it's, it's weird to look up at the board in the fifth inning and be like, oh man, this, this thing's almost over. We better, <laughs> we better score some runs or we better hold them. So I, I haven't totally been sold on the seven inning doubleheader from a competitive standpoint, but uh, I will say in these six days here, I do appreciate what it will allow us to do beyond those uh, two games in Seattle on Monday. Yeah, it's like, and and we've kicked this around on the post game show. It actually ended up being a good decision by Major League Baseball because they had the foresight to see what happens if a team gets some tests, a positive test. What happens if that team needs to quarantine? They're going to have to play a bunch of double headers, and if they're playing nine inning double headers, and they got a bunch of them, like a couple in a week, this is going to just destroy the roster. So you kind of. Don't you have to give Major League Baseball credit and, and, and the guys back in New York for making that decision and having the foresight to see it? A hundred percent. Yeah, there's just there'd be no way. If you look at what the the Marlins and the Cardinals went through, um, there just would have been no way to to put together a season if they were playing nine innings at a time. So, yeah, it's it's worked out great when you talk about you know maintaining the integrity of the season and trying to get everybody to sit games and it's it's been absolutely the right decision and and i you know we've said the same about uh the runner on second to start extra innings particularly in this year you you know you don't want to end up with a 15 or 16 inning game so i've again i've I've made my personal bias known because of our record in extra inning games but um but both those things have gone a long way towards allowing the season to continue well, let's end on this. Your closer, Liam Hendricks, has been phenomenal this year. And our buddy Paul Himbakides did a little research on him from ESPN, talking about his high leverage situations and how good he's been in those situations. And the team is undefeated in games where he has pitched. We've talked that, you know, could this be, you know, a shortened season where a guy gets into a bunch of games or maybe we could see a closer get a Cy Young or an MVP the way Eck and Raleigh Fingers did. I don't know if that's possible or not, but just talk about how successful Liam Hendricks has been in this shortened season and right now just blowing people away. That's a pretty amazing stat. I can't say that I was aware of that, that we've won all 18 games he's appeared in. David um, yeah, Force no... learned something on A's Cast Live? Yeah, I appreciate you dropping knowledge on me. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, there's no doubt how 
critical Liam has been to this team. And um, yeah, he, he much deserved the you know reliever of the month award. And, um, you just you feel good when he comes in. You feel like he's going to lock it down, and he's coming in to, to tie games to keep us keep us in it and send it to extras or vice versa. He's just he's done everything. Bob's relied on him as you know as heavily as he has any closer here. I mean, you know. You, you don't want to forget two years ago when we were talking about Blake trying to maybe having the best uh, best year ever by a reliever in Oakland A's history, including Mr. Eckersley. Um, so we've we've had some really good fortune when it comes to to that position. But um, but yeah, when you you start talking about the fact that we have won every single game Liam's appeared in, it's hard to be more valuable than that, isn't it? You want another one? <laughs> sure. What do you got? He's had 22 high leverage situations. He's gotten 19 outs, and 11 of them are strikeouts. Yeah, those are good. I'll take more of that. (laughs) (laughs) The bottom line is he's good, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. David, I know I say this every week, but, you know, what you guys are doing is is very special, and, and I know it's very tough on you and Bob in the front office and just trying to keep every. I mean, you want to win games, but most importantly, you just want to keep everybody safe. And I know that weighs on you guys, and it's not easy. You guys are doing a terrific job. Just 20 games left. Have a good rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks very much, Chris. That's David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.